Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. So the Leafs go into California. We expect them to give us five points. We set five points as the base. They come back with two. California has some of the worst teams in hockey. They go in, They go out, they play some of the best teams in hockey. We ask for four. We say, let's look competitive, four points. What do they give us? Five. Are we, I do are we not recording? Underst- I do not understand yes, this team. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. As always, joined by Josh and Crazy. Jason. Honestly, I, it's like the most Leaf thing ever to have that week, two weeks ago, and then have this week this week, where they got, including the, fall, the Flyers game, they got seven points. How doom and gloom. Last time we recorded, actually, I don't think we've recorded after a win yet, like directly after a win yet still, because we're recording after the Golden Knights game where they lost. They blew a lead. Looked pretty good, but they lost. And now this is episode, what, five or six in the season? (laughs) They've lost every single time. This is getting a little bit ridiculous. I think this is episode five, and that is correct. Lost every single time. But that's only because... There, there's no reason. Montreal, they lost. We yep. recorded fresh off the Arizona loss as well, I believe. Yeah. And then last week, I can't remember. I there can't was last week was the uh, San, last week was San Jose. San Jose. Yeah, and then the, uh, oh Vegas again. It was the start of the Western <laughs> road trip with start Vegas the, yes. loss, and then two weeks later, Vegas lost again. So it's kind of getting hilarious. But anyways, so. Go after that Western road trip, they played okay, like Anaheim's bottom barrel of the league. Uh, San Jose's bottom barrel of the league. LA will compete for a spot, but they're not that good, and they clearly beat the Leafs in that trip. Your next week is Philadelphia, who is playing some good hockey. They were coming off a back to back, so it was kind of a an easier night. They were pretty heavily favored in that one. Your weekend is the Boston Bruins, who I believe had only lost one game that year Correct. thus far, and then in less, the start times being less than 24 hours apart, 5 p.m., you have to fly to Carolina right after that Boston game and play the Carolina Hurricanes, who are, I think, second in their division, playing some very good hockey as well against former f- goaltender Frederick Anderson. Also, you're arrested. The Leafs are coming off a of back-to-back traveling. The Carolina Hurricanes were arrested, and you beat the Hurricanes. And on top of that, your goalie got injured in the second period against the Bruins, and you had, you're left with your third-string goaltender on that back-to-back. And then on the Tuesday, to boot, you got the Vegas Golden Knights, who were also playing some terrific hockey, and they gave us five points. That was really impressive. So Very, and it is it. I don't think it's as simple as this thing. 
was fixed. Like there was no real quick fix. I think it was a bunch of things coming together. I think the goaltending was better this week than in the previous week as a whole. Is that fair to say? I I wouldn't say so. No, you think? Equal? I think it was equal? about equal. Okay, equal goaltending. Your big players produced more in this week. As Actually, sorry. Slightly better. Like, okay, like to recap this past week, Philadelphia, like Samsonov didn't play that well. No. Letting a couple muffins, but you didn't give up much. Boston, he played good. Samsonov played okay. Like he, they didn't give up much again, but he was playing solid. He, he like, he buckled on that Brad Marchand. He, well, didn't play he the literally play buckled. Too. That's why he's not. He playing. didn't play too. He didn't play it very well. But Brad Marchand is also just a disgusting hockey player. So your only goal you gave up was a, a, a penalty shot. So like that was. But again, they didn't really give up too much. He he, he did what he had to. I'll call it. Carolina, it was an interesting game for Shalgren because that first goal was awful. It was not a good goal, not a goal you should – you really got to seal that post there. The rest of the way, he made some pretty good saves, made some saves on uh, Nakash, most uh, notably Jared Stahl coming – or Jordan Stahl, Jared Stahl. <laughs> Jordan Stahl coming out of the corner. Uh, Brent Burns coming out of the corner. Came up big there, challenged pretty well, covered all, the whole net. But there was a couple plays. Early in the game, there was a rebound that almost went in. He just completely missed the puck, it seemed like, on the original shot, the original muffin of a shot, and the rebound almost went in. Uh, there was a glove save that he made. Obviously, he can't catch the puck for whatever. He's just not very good at catching the puck. Rebound was wide open. Austin Matthews made a good block there. There were some plays there where he was he was getting a little – he played all right, but the damage could have been a little bit worse, I would say. So the Leafs covered, kind of band-aided over that one. This Vegas Golden Knights game was the best I've seen Shalgren. I, 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 what goals were you like, ah, man, none. No. And then on top of that, how many saves did he have to make, especially against Vegas's fourth line on breakaways, passes across? There was at least four or five high, highlight saves. Yeah, the first one. goal, he stopped. It trickled through. Nobody tied up the guy in front. He poked it, and it barely but stopped went across the How did they get that chance? Stopped the breakaway. Stopped the breakaway. And then the second goal was an unstoppable passing play. Tic-tac-toe. It hit, it hit four, four sticks in, I don't know, three seconds. Like, that yeah. was not stoppable. The third goal. No, I'm forgetting the third goal. Third goal was the, the shoot, pa- double pass across yeah, on, pass. The, on the penalty on kill where, the again, the pass goes through Riley once and then through him again, which is hard to do. It's not stoppable. And then a breakaway. He played in that one. He the breakaway in overtime and the third goal. He played those exceptionally. Yeah, those were good, very difficult shots. Just very good finishes from Riley Smith. Gotta give him credit there. Yeah. But very good game tonight, I would say, from Eric Schalgren. And and more to your point there too, the Leafs or sorry, the Golden Knights had only twenty shots, but they had fourteen high danger chances. So it's like a oh. compa- compared to the Leafs who had thirty one shot attempts and had 17 and then look at the high danger chances and how long vegas was able to hold the puck and where they were able to get it and their pre-shot movements on top of that the public models i think are vastly underrating how well he played tonight 100 percent, i agree it was a solid game from him i mean that's your third string goalie i mean am i expecting that again next game no probably not you're really gonna have to clean up your your defensive messes that you brought along yourself i mean i was telling josh when we were watching the game like Vegas is forechecking pretty well, but the Leafs are just continuously sh- yeah. unloading the clip. Not just shooting, unloading the clip into their foot. They gave away the puck so many times in their own zone, it was disgusting. But then once they cleaned that up, they really took over that game in the second period there. Right? Yeah, I agree. That, honestly, again, it was a fun game. Like, back and forth. Yeah, it was. There was one 
breakaway one way, breakaway the other way, two on one. Like it was absolutely wild in the second period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, they turned it over a lot. They struggled to break the puck out like crazy. Yeah. I don't know what, especially Which is weird. That was something that they struggled with in California. I felt, but then they cleaned it up this past week, and then all of a sudden, the first half of this game was just horrific. Nick Robertson had a couple where he was oh, really yeah. Pierre Engvall on his off wing in the third period, like Couldn't really bad. I, and those are simple things that'll come back to bite you. So mm-hmm. Timothy Logren scored and then gave one away. He had Sandine. the biggest high variance game he's ever, oh, like yeah. I've ever seen. He said to Mark Masters in between the periods, he's like, well, other than the goals, I'm playing terrible. Yeah, he said, but... yeah, he said it was the worst game he's ever played, something <laughs> insane like that. It's like, dude, you scored two goals. Like, yeah. Um, but I thought he he's played pretty well on his return to action. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, like, like, like let's keep him in the lineup. How about that? Like, I think he's been... I, I don't enough, think he's a, he's a guy who's a threat to leave no. the lineup. I really don't. When, you, when you're coming in your first game of the season, you're going against the Boston Bruins... And they're putting you with Morgan Riley first pairing. How many minutes did he play that night too? Like that's kind of a sign of this. This guy's not coming out. Actually, I'm not gonna. Jason's right. He might come out knowing this team. Yeah. But oh, yeah. while we Muzz- saw that last year, he went from paired with Morgan Riley to out of the lineup in several games. But I don't think you can. I don't think it's the same sort of situation. No, especially while Muzzin is out, I don't think he'll be out of the lineup. I really don't. Um, I will say we have to apologize to Jason. I have to do a public apology. Oh, yes. I said there's no way Pierre Engvall is a center. Mm-hmm. And Pierre Engvall has played some center recently. He did. He <laughs> is definitely a player who recently has been playing the center ice position. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond that, I don't really have much to add about his game lately. He had a primary assist in Carolina. That's great. If good setup uh, for Cali Yarncroft. Outside of that, though, it's been rough. They have not been noticeable at all. They've been... Terrible, I'd say. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, J- I, we have to apologize. I don't know if – I do. I don't know about you. Yeah, I do as well. He I'm was right. Sorry, Jason. He was right. It's all good. When it's I saw – when I saw – I like when they put that <laughs> so out on I Twitter, when they – I was like – I had to do – I had to check every single insider to be like, are they just labeling this wrong? Or do we, do we have Pierre Engvall at center? He got cooked tonight, so I don't know if that's, <laughs> if that's a – He bump. moved to the wing for the third period. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like did he start it? Which again is not really fair to him either. I think like the back and forth, but he's paid to be versatile, like Jason said. So he's got to be able to do it or force him to be versatile. And yeah, like anyways, the whole idea behind the center thing is that it doesn't matter who takes faceoffs anymore. It seems like like there's both centers and wingers take multiple faceoffs on the line. Well, we were talking about this today because yeah, Jack Hughes, who right now is playing fantastic, he scored. I'm pretty sure he scored again tonight. Um, I'm not sure, but whatever. He is still 33% on faceoffs, but he's playing center. He's Eric Hall is taking draws with him. Mm-hmm. There's been a bunch of guys who are recovering that. But again, even if he doesn't take the faceoff, he's still playing right to the middle of the ice. So yeah. that's why we're, we're seeing a lot of players jumbled up. Yeah, because also I'm sure a lot of these guys when they were younger probably played like most NHL players probably were centermen at some yeah. point in their life. So they know how to take a faceoff. They have the ability to do it. It's just how good they are at it. And so. there's been a lot of line juggling for the Leafs not to be oh, yeah. the quick uh, transition guy here but a guy who I think played well this week who helped contribute to a swing is Dennis Malgan yeah like kind of surprising I texted you guys saying he's fill he was doing a good job filling the Andre Kasha role from last year which was honestly Joe said it in the preseason he's definitely been more physical than he has in the past I think he showed that in the Boston game he was pretty mm-hmm. physical especially I thought that game he was throwing the body a lot 
Um, and he's been a volume shooter, which I think we needed in our bottom six after oh, yeah. that, that California trip. They just generated nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it didn't lead to a ton of production. He had an assist he, against Philly. Like he did score against Anaheim as well. That was the week before. But again, he had four shots against Philly, three shots against Boston, five shots against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, so we'll against Boston, he had he had a couple fantastic shifts where he, he was just he was. Do you remember there was the play Giordano just quick upped it to him while Boston was changing and he got a good rush opportunity. There was a couple other chances in there as well. Like he was. He has been very noticeable, I would say, in almost every game. And then the the Golden Knights game, the first goal doesn't happen without him. I think it was he carried the puck. He got the zone entry. Yeah. He took the hit to move the puck. And then tertiary assist, I suppose you can call it. But that, that play doesn't start without him entering the zone, at least. For sure. And uh, I think on the fourth line, he kind of ends up having... An These impact. Matchups. Yeah. Like the second, it, did, it didn't fit on the second line. Yeah. Right? We no. thought it would be the op- opposite because, like, we thought it's like yeah. if you were going to be on the second line, like, sorry, if you were going to play, you'd have to play on the second line because that skill, if you're only going to bring that skill, then there's no point of you playing. But in the here's depth. the but, thing he's not just bringing yeah. skill similar to what, like, say, Galchenyuk was. He's also able to get himself the puck and he yeah. is throwing the body a little bit. And that speed is helping him to get the puck too. So, those are things that you really do need to check off in the bottom six. So that's where that's what's really keeping them in that lineup. That and the offensive production. And I mean, Zach Aston Reese better be, you know, picking up a couple of drinks from him because he's making him look a lot more usable now. Because Zach Aston Reese isn't exactly a burner, doesn't carry the puck up very well, but does do little things pretty well here and there. Defensive ability, finishes his checks, but it's like when he was with Camp and Abe Kubel, like, let's be honest. Did you notice him at all? That line was atrocious. Was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And, yeah, I guess that's one thing that did happen. Nicholas Abe Kubel was put on waivers and claimed by the Washington Capitals, freeing up a contract spot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then the Leafs used that contract spot on Keith Petrozelli, who was with the Marlies. So, yeah. Um, in terms of other notes, let's just keep free-flowing with these these games here. What did you think in the Carolina game, the line shifting? Crazy. So I noticed it was a lot of... Rod Brendamore was really hammering Jordan Stahl on Austin Matthews. You stay on Austin Matthews, you shut him down. And it was kind of working for the first half. Actually, Matthews didn't even get a point in that game. But he, once Sheldon Keefe made those adjustments, he, he did come out with a little bit more fire and was able to throw some more pucks at the net. Didn't result in a goal, but looked a little bit better. What do you think of those line changes? Well, the the Tavares, Marner, Robertson line was yeah. electric. They let's, scored in a Let's first outline goal. what the changes were. So it was Kerfoot. They changed to Kerfoot, Matthews, and Nylander. Second yeah. line was Robertson, Tavares, Marner, and then Bunting down to the third line with Engvall and Yarncroc. But go on, sorry. No, 100%. And I think mixed up in all this is we're seeing a bit of a demotion for Michael Bunting lately. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a sec. I just want to point that out. Cause you said that. And then he stayed on the third line tonight as actually, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that we know Tavares and Marner can work well. Like it's Marner will just get in the puck in front and he'll finish. It's, <laughs> it's always worked well. It has never not worked well. Um, some people on Twitter think that's Tavares driving the line for Mitch Marner. That's fair. It's, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, that but was years ago. I've said, and they have I, deleted sh- that I w- tweet since. I will show you the thread from two days ago as well um, from some different people. But 
also credit to John Tavares this year. John Tavares has turned back the clock proverbially, and he's played fantastic hockey. Honestly, I, I swear I said under sixty-five points. And so he's did I. Playing. He's going to smash that. He's going to yeah. get seventy-five <laughs> points for sure, and he might score forty goals. Honestly, he's getting. Yeah. He's also shooting the puck a lot more. Uh, his we, hands have come back mm. too. Like, oh yeah. Look yeah, at Jason Smirking. We, we recorded. Our last recording was bo- was before. I don't know. We missed that John Tavares goal. Anyways, we haven't talked about that. Hat-trick against Philly. Hat-trick against Philadelphia. But All the goals were very nice. Very nice. The San- like the one-time goal from Nylander tipped a little bit, but bar down. No. The Travis Sanheim, like, fishing his jockstrap out of the rafters on that goal. Holy smokes. Someone pointed out Sanheim didn't even touch him on that goal. No. That's how good that those moves were. He didn't he t- at, at any point. He moved him yeah. with a stick and everything. And then Rasmus switched the line and just cleared a path for John Tavares right to the net. Love that. <laughs> Jason, I, I saw you smirking. Foot. What did you want to say? No, I just. He's, right, he's been right a lot. So why don't you, you, why don't you dunk on what? us? No, what do you want me to say? Oh, I was right when we were talking about, hey, maybe the, like, I don't know. I don't know what, what could be attributed to John Tavares being better this year than he was last year, but he I, is better this year on, than last year. I saw one on Twitter. Someone was like, yeah, anyone with two kids knows. Once the kid starts sleeping through the night. Didn't I say that all, as well? That was one of the excuses. You get more that... rejuvenated. And a comment was, yeah, as if this guy doesn't have a night nurse. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Also, I think Jason said maybe a year, the injuries, he's healthy. I've heard that. You were right. Like, just say well, you're no, right. Some, Why do you keep rolling? Well, I, like, I don't know if I was right. Even about, when you give this guy credit, he gets like well, he, he's yeah, against it. We don't know if the process is correct, but the outcome is correct. I don't yeah. know what, what does that even mean. Causation, correlation. Well, yeah. we'll give you. I mean, you're right so far. We'll give you that. Gotta say, but yeah. And then his ha- third goal on the hat trick, uh, Sandstrom, unfortunately losing his skate blade. That um, was hilarious. It was a very nice shot. And then you watch the replay. You're like, oh. Because he was swimming out there. And then but, he had to swim oh. to the bench and no one helped yeah. him. That was tough. Tough was look. Tough. But, you know, Philly did rebound. I think they won tonight, too. They won so tonight. They beat someone that's – oh, the Blues. The Blues. But, yeah. That that Philly game was very fun. Um, I mean, we're not going to break down the Matthews fight part like the Sabruder film because I don't <laughs> think there's really a need to. It It happened. Let's just move on. Who cares? But good to see, good to see some, good to see a. Oh, they went down early, and it was like, uh oh, we heard Justin Hole get booed off the ice. He had a solid rest of the game. <laughs> He's been solid ever since. Let's, well, tonight that pairing kind of got. Uh, I mean, which well, which Leafs pairing didn't? I liked I liked Lilligren's game other than the turnover. Yeah. Okay. What about his partner? He's on the ice. <laughs> it just it's. To play a two-on-one where the puck can go east-west twice, that should not ever happen. You either take the pass or you, also you you take the pass. First of all, everyone knows that you take the pass. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to take the pass, you take the shot. The take neither and let the puck go east-west twice, so your goalie has no chance to make it be in position is quite a decision. But yeah, <laughs> so bad. I think it's just so, we've just seen, lay down on lay the down ice. On the ice. Literally, lay down literally. on the ice. Lay down on the ice. He we, didn't even do that. Yeah. Also, he put a stick on the ice. It just went right under. His, yeah, it's just, we've seen some people on Twitter who do uh, some of the microstat tracking and oh, eyeball watching of the games. Let's call it that. Are, and their opinion not. of Morgan Riley once they get away from the charts and get to the tape is 
rough. Really? Very bad. Yeah. Who's, who? Can you send I'm me not, who's saying that? I'm not suing anyone. Don't, but no, don't throw anyone under the bus. I'm curious. I'm curious to, to see some people yeah, aboard we'll the train. I'll, I'll tell you. All aboard. It's a flipping opinion. Let's say that. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was just so bad. I know it was a two-on-one play. How does the puck go through you twice? My God. But, yeah. Yeah, as I was saying with that Philly game, like, it was nice to, you know, you finally get some – you get a goal from Austin Matthews. You get that hat trick from John Tavares. You get that fight going. You get some juice, some energy in Scotiabank Arena. And then they really carried that over to that Boston game. I mean, Boston game wasn't really a big, like, fighting game. But you really had to grit that one out. And, you know, Eric Schalgren coming in to relief. And then, again, you had to show some more grit against Carolina. Like, again, not fighting, not hitting, not whatever. But, but you were down you early. You were down early on a shitty goal. And you were able to come back and put up three in the in the, the the second half of the game against a good Carolina team. And I mean, on some of those plays, you you really did embarrass some good good defensemen. I mean, William Nylander out muscled Jacob Slavin, who's an exceptional defensive yeah. defenseman. More, uh, Mitch Marner one hand pulls uh, it through nutmegs. Brady, Brady Shea, Shea yeah. and gets it to Tavares in front. Like, that was another beautiful goal. And then, on top of that, Justin Hall took a thud of a hit on that first goal. And then Pierre Engvall to Kali Yarncroft, who finished, who, I mean, just kind of shows you when you've, you give Kali Yarncroft a good passer, he can put the puck in the net. Yeah. Unfortunately, that third line just sucks. Yeah. So, what can you do? But I think, do you guys have any other points about these third the, these three games i just want to talk about like the story of eric shalgren through these games because i think it's really important to like consider because like i know we talked touched on him a bit earlier story. and you weren't that that impressed with him but like the the situation that he had to go through of first being being the backup throughout this with with matt murray hurt and then coming into the boston game cold not letting in any goals that's a tough situation not only that they, you they helped him out in front they helped him out nice. in front they played the defense played well in front of him for sure and um, maybe it's a little bit of maybe the the team gets the boost defensively because they know that Shalgrins and they're like, hey, maybe we feel like a little rally and cry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But coming in, playing that game, and then on a back to back having to play again after you've already played half of a game in relief, that's not easy to do. Third so. of the game, yeah. Well, I mean, the one period, yeah. Just yeah, a little I, bit more difficult than it's if it's, you were. it's a little bit more on your body, and I'm sure like for yeah. for a goalie, like they have their routines, they know they how they want to do things, like up to even like 24 hours before the game, and you're playing 24 hours before the game. So good for him for stepping up and doing that. Like uh, hopefully Matt Murray and uh, Ilya Simsonov can come back sooner uh, rather than later, because yeah, if they're not back this week, something that we can they talk about right I, now, I don't think they will be. If they're not back this week, then it looks like we're gonna see. We're the, gonna see Keith Petrozelli's first start. On Friday or Saturday, a very weird two games coming up. You got to like, you got to say because it's Friday at home and then Saturday at home. It's always a home and home, but they're doing Friday against Pittsburgh and then Saturday against the Canucks, both at Scotiabank. So maybe, hopefully, that means that the ice is a little bit better because always the day after a Raptors game or a concert, it's garbage. Um, so hopefully, two hockey games in a row will. Really help that out. Well, we'll see. We'll it's see. Just a minor little note. I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. But yeah, I think Keith Petrozelli. Which game would you prefer him to start? Just the second one, I think. Yeah. Just be like, just let's not. 
let's not overthink it. Like, let's get our guys. Hockey give, night in Canada. Yeah, for, first the first game of the back to back, you guys are fresh, so play the goal you think is best. Like maybe okay. in some yeah. certain scenario, don't if you, overthink it. Exactly. If you have a different, like if it was Murray and Samsonov, me and we we weren't sure who the clear starter was, but one was starting more games. Maybe you'd start the quote unquote backup, kind of like what Edmonton yeah. did this past couple, these past two games where they started Skinner and then now they're starting Campbell on a back to back. Um, but well, they won tonight with yeah. Campbell. So and how about Cal- what Calgary did tonight? Did you see what Calgary did? They started Markstrom. What? On a back-to-back? Yes. That's huge. Wow. You did not. No one said anything about that. Didn't either, really do too, too much. They, they were doing that last year, though. No? I feel like we were. They might have. We talked about like them doing they that wanted, last year. But the they big thing with stop. that was that Dan Vlad, Vladar started a Saturday night hockey night in Canada game against the Oilers, and it wasn't a back-to-back. They're just like, we want to get Vladar in once a week. I don't know what Vladar's numbers are now, but. Markstrom's not having the hottest start to a season, and they threw him in back-to-back, I think, confidence boost or whatever, but eh, I don't know if that worked because <laughs> they lost both games. They didn't. Um, but, yeah. For the Leafs, it, like, they're kind of hanging on by, the, by a thread with the goaltending here. Like The fact that this isn't a major story is a testament to how the guys have kind of stepped up, I would say. And I've been a pretty anti-Eric Schalgren guy, but like, let's give him credit for the week he's had. Like Jason yeah. said, he made some great points. Like. Fill in for Boston, back to back, played well tonight. Even against though they Vegas, lost an over, yeah. like you take a point, you take that against yep. Vegas. Like, I don't know. That's a, this is a guy who we've kind of crapped on, and I, like I'm not saying he's our starter. He's the third goalie on the Leafs. I haven't crapped on. I well, I have. Him. Okay, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I think he stepped up, and you got to give he him did. some credit. I one thing I want to talk about though is I'm a little frustrated that we're in this situation right now. Obviously, you can never predict injuries. Well, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can, but like you can't predict injuries. And you never know, right? But again, you're you're acquiring Matt Murray, who is like even at like the the inefficiency that you acquire him off of why they were letting him go for free was because that he had a significant injury history. So that you already have a goalie who's already injured. Okay, mm-hmm. let's 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 pretend we started the season with Matt Murray hurt, which which actually happened, right? When you have that situ- scenario, you now only have Ilya Simsonov and Eric Schalgren. Those are the only two goalies that the, uh, the Leafs had signed and available to them, yes. which is absolutely insane if you think about that. You should never only have three goalies available available to you when Matt, when Matt Murray is healthy at all times. That, that is silly. No? You had three goalies available to you. And you were stuck at fifty contracts. Yeah, that's you had no contracts to sign anyone. You got a blessing that, that someone, someone took Abe Kubel, or else you'd be completely screwed. Like, what if Abe Kubel was still like? You'd have to make a trade. Yeah, you'd have and to who do a trade, trade with you. No one. I don't know. They, you'd have to probably give a pick. Realistically, even if it was a seventh, like yeah. you'd be handcuffed. It would have been bad. Just to be able to sign Keith Petrozelli. Yep. So we, that he could sit lucky. on the bench for you. Got lucky. Yeah. Also, can I say one thing, Jason? You said you can't predict injuries. Yeah. I don't agree with that. No, no. Yeah, of course. Michael but, Thomas. Are you surprised that he's out for the season? No. Anthony Davis for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, okay, yeah. Like guys who are injury prone. Yeah. Unfortunately, get injured. Matt Murray is injury prone, so we cannot be surprised when he gets injured. You can't predict the time. You can't predict the specific injury. But this is a pattern. This is not like, like there's nothing surprising about we, this. We said several times on the show he will get injured, and it's not it's not a, even a slight on Matt Murray to be honest. Like he's grinded through a lot in his career. Yeah, like, Ottawa apparently from one report, Ottawa in the rehab injured him, like re-injured him. Yeah, I saw that. Like that's just wild. I, I, I think a lot of the stuff was the Leafs have the best medical staff, so it'll be fine. 
Yeah, let's get him some new ligaments. Like it is what it is, and that's why Matt Murray as a backup would have been fine at like a million dollars. That's a great, it's a great position yeah. for him. But again, he signed him for four point seven five. So that's why we're having a different conversation. Yeah, and exactly. and also the second that Wall is hurt, like Joseph get Hall, yeah. get a goalie. Just get. He was injured from last year. He hasn't played a game since crazy. Like mid last year. It's 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 crazy. I, I just so. don't I don't understand having Hill to be like he's on loan in Sweden for those who don't know. But like so even like, then he's he's like a two thousand and three born. It's like, crazy. Are you really going to be relying on a guy that young to be starting NHL games? Like I don't know. He's looking pretty good in SHL. So we'll just, we'll see how that develops. But yeah, Keith Petrozelli. Like this is a guy I've talked about in regards to the prospect tournament. Like he's. To me, he's not ready at all. I know what the he's got a nine twenty one with the in the AHL. He's six and zero. Oh. Okay, go back and look at Eric Schalgren's first nine games in the AHL last year. He had a nine twenty seven. Garrett Sparks, I believe, was goaltender of the year nine thirty three. Where is what happened with him? Were you were you overly overjoyed when he came up to the Leafs and he backed up for a season? I don't think so. It's a completely different league. He was able to get away with things down there. His reads aren't at an NHL level yet. His speed isn't at an NHL level yet. I don't think his stature is either. Like, he's, he's got some work to do. Like, he's 6'6", six, six and he's 180 pounds, I believe. He also kind of looks like Matt Murray. Just maybe it's the mustache, but... What? Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think so. Matt Murray looks very, very uh, Peaky Blinders like, <laughs> to me. But, a youthful Matt Murray, but any other goalie topics or kind of just w- hope and see right now? Hope and see. It's I mean, just hope. Well, like hope for recovery. Like have those tweet notifications on for Mark Masters and David Alter because they're going to be giving you those updates. Oh, he's he skated today. He was able to. How about this insider update? I was at the game tonight, and in the hallways of the the uh, Scotiabank arena, I saw Ilya Samsonov and he didn't look, didn't look like it was limping or anything like that. So, Did and you I feel his knees. I didn't feel his knees, but I looked at him and I said, ask for his MRI. I said, you get better. You got this. <laughs> oh, feel better, bud. And then did you feel wow. his knees? Move that injury, move that time, uh, that timeline up a week. I, at least a week. Jason said, feel better. Get well the, soon. The magic. Did you get him a card. I wish. I wish. But. Blow him a kiss, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> that but, was close. Yeah, he was on the ice today. It's He's considered week to week. I believe he's just on IR. So hopefully we get to see him back soon. Matt Murray's slowly coming back as well. So looks like it's going to be Keith Petrozelli and Eric Schalgren for a little while. Um, hopefully, I mean, Saturday. So you get the back-to-back uh, Pittsburgh and then Vancouver this weekend. I think they played Pittsburgh again miraculously right after that but hopefully like on that back-to-back having Keith Petrozelli who was on an AHL contract to start the year has that awesome start like gets the, earns that NHL contract that really like rejoices the team and we see a good shutdown effort for them against I mean let's get real Pittsburgh and Vancouver can really shock you they have some really good shooting talent and they have Ilya Mikheyev too on yeah. the, scored a yeah. sick goal tonight. tonight just to recap if when you're watching the Leafs play Vancouver, make sure you hit Ilya Mikheyev anytime goal because oh, yeah. it's bound to two, happen. Two plus, maybe. And then also uh, for the Leafs' second Leafs Penguins game of next week, they play on thir- Tuesday, which is when we record. So bet on the Leafs to lose. Oh, 
<laughs> Thank you. That is true. We do. <laughs> true. We are a curse. You want you want to hear a crate like the whole former Leafs always score against their team? Stefan Nason. Yeah, that was a wild one. He played, I believe, one game for the Leafs. Oh my god. He scored. We didn't get any tonight, thank goodness. No. But you know. You can make the loose connection. Riley Smith is from Toronto, former St. Mike's buzzer. Was yeah. rumored to come here at one point. Really? I don't know. I'm sure he. I, I'm sure. I, I feel like he was kind of always rumored to like the least might be interested because he was kind of always on the outs in Vegas. Not on the outs, but it was oh, like yeah. if Vegas were to get rid of someone, it would be Riley Smith, and then they resigned him. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, but yeah. So in regards to, let's talk about the. The forwards a little bit. I here. have a topic to bring up. I think you guys know go what ahead. I'm to bring up. Who do you think the fifth best forward on the Toronto Maple Leafs is right now? We've had this debate before. So, a first four are Matthews, Marner, Nylander, John Tavares. And uh, honestly, I think a big story that's probably not getting sold that much this week is coming into this game. They'd scored eight of the ten goals in the Leafs' yeah. three-game winning streak. So, like again. It's a big part of the team is how the big boys are going yeah. as, as usual. hundred percent. And, and if, you, if you remember what we were talking about earlier, that's part of my concern with this team is because that top, top four is good enough to cover up yep. any issues that the bot, the rest of the team yeah. has. Yeah. Wait, did I ask what was the difference between this week and last yet or no? We kind of, I asked okay. <laughs> indirectly, but because I was going to say like in terms of offense, I mean, you scored more than three, like you scored yeah. three goals twice and like three goals three goals and two goals like you didn't really out like, or philadelphia i guess you did shoot the lights out matthew scored against philly two against boston yeah nylander and Tavares scored against Carolina. i mean your only depth goal like Lilgren was from the depth from the fourth line and then cali Yarncrock was a third line goal but yeah. you didn't get much depth scoring really i mean yeah like like you said the the forwards did a good job covering yeah um, but yeah, and let, let's hear your answer to my question. The fifth best leaf forward right now. Cause I, I know who the answer is in David camp, David camp, a hundred percent. He looks good. He's, he's he legitimately carrying, not carrying a line, but he's fought through having two terrible line mates to start. And like Malgan has given him a bump. He's creating on offense. So had some one really good zone entry in the third period. He almost dangled their both defensemen. Do you remember that? I looked yes. up, I said, is that David camp? He set up the goal, the first goal of the night, playing center, Great playing, pass, playing not as tough minutes, I will say, but still relatively tough minutes. Like, I, I think it's more about the concerns I kind of had going into the year about, you know, paying Michael Bunting because Sheldon Keefe, is he souring on Michael Bunting? What's going on there? I want to hear your guys' thoughts on Bunting's play. I don't know. I guess in terms of, Bunting, we haven't really seen that production. We haven't see, really seen that connection with that first line like we did last year. At one point, we this past season, we did see a demotion to the third line, and then it resulted in some good chances, and then he was back up with them. But, I mean, against Carolina, you didn't really see much. Today, Didn't he took a penalty early as well, didn't he? Trying to mix things up, but inevitably did take a penalty. And then... You got zero offense from him. Now, is that the mix of the line? Well, possibly. But then how much do you really want to pay a guy where it's it depends on what mix of line mates he has with him and not what he can do stand out by himself? So it is. it has been very curious. I will be interested to see what they do 
next game because Alex Kerfoot wasn't exactly very effective. Alex Kerfoot is best in the middle of the ice. It's very obvious yeah. to me. Looks uncomfortable on the wing. Much better at just transporting the puck through the middle of the ice. That's what he's good at. He's good at exiting and entering the zone and setting up plays through the middle. He looks like he likes to drift up ice when he's the winger. Yeah, and when he's center, he likes to play a little bit more in his own zone. He just tends to drift. But as to your point, Michael Bunting only played 10 minutes and 52 seconds tonight. That's a big demotion. That is a big, big demotion. On yeah. top of that, I don't think he's had a point in like six games. Yeah, he's on a, like a 31-point pace right now. 35. Oh, he's had one, he had one point against Boston. Really? Oh, yes. They, he won the puck battle. Matthews got it and then tucked it home. That was it's like w- by him. But. The first line still produced tonight, right? They did. Without Mitchell Marner. Mitchell Marner. Without Mike. So... As much as we don't like Kerfoot on that line, they still produce. That's why it's an it's an interesting question because also if Michael Bunting can start to do some of what Zach Hyman did, mm-hmm. where his last year at the Leafs, he was on a third line that was productive, and he was quite productive on the yeah. third line. So I think that might be what Sheldon keeps looking for as well. Maybe not even a demotion for Bunting, but like we said, that third line is just lacking some sort of mm-hmm. energy on it. Like I, I would like to see a full game of Bunting, Kerfoot, and Yarncroft playing together. I'd like to see that for a full game. Bunting, Kerfoot, and Yarncroft? Yeah. Okay. But then who goes up to Matthew's line? Would that be McRobertson? Or? <laughs> That's the problem. There's not a ton of options, right? I don't know. But I'm just saying, if he gets demoted, that would be an interesting line to look at. Um that just, I think that just opens up a spot for a trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, I don't know. That's, That's the problem. Be, like, right? there's not that much depth to play up there, really. Yeah. So it might, it might have to be, I don't know. That's a great question. No, it would be a trade deadline acquisition. Yeah. Acquisition. And just like a patchwork until we get to the trade deadline. Maybe try Matthew Nice there. Who knows? Maybe that will mm-hmm. swindle know. him into coming. But it's to just the that, like that's one of yeah. those guys. Yeah, he had some goals this weekend. Yeah, he looks good. That's one of those guys that, like, to get going is important for the Leafs in these stretches where the top guys, like, in, like, a week and a half where maybe they start, they have a game without any goals. It's like, okay, someone's got to step up. Like, you know, he yeah, only has two in goals. In a week where you don't get Hattrick, John Tavares, two goals, Austin Matthews, and then... Two goals, Timothy Lilligren. Tim, two goals, Timothy Lilligren. Really oh, yeah. set up by Marner. But, but, yeah, what do you think about the bunting? Because, I, I, like, 10 minutes is, it's, is nothing. Yeah, it's 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 hard to understand i i can understand it though because he isn't he hasn't been playing well but he's also faced some bad luck like his on ice shooting percentage is low his but i think do you think that's part of the reason why he got demoted that he's getting like he's being gifted as good of a chance as possible and he's just not converting yeah it's just not converting but um because i don't think when i watch him not scoring it's bad luck i've seen like he's he's been in tight with good chances that with just poor finishing ability That's yeah, a that's good point. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. He did, he has shown the ability that he can do do that though and score and score well, at five on five mm-hmm. over an eighty two game season. Like I'm I'm willing to rely more on the eighty two game sample or seventy nine games we missed three games last year seventy nine game sample from last season than the ten games this season. I agree, but we did see a streak okay. last year. We went like twenty games without a goal. Too. Eighteen. Eighteen games without a goal. Games he was still productive over that stretch, though, I feel yeah, like, and we were like, talking about him. Yeah. But again, it's more of a W-O-W with or without, right? 100%. 100%. Um, and I mean, without, yeah, Mitch Marner did set up two, had two pretty nice assists tonight. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, 
it, it, it is a curious case of Michael Bunting, and it will be something that, uh, you know, the athletic will thrive on producing content from. I'm sure. For, for how the can the Leafs? How can months? the Leafs afford Michael Bunting? Yeah, that's a crazy question to ask. But yeah, I mean, it does really make you think. I mean, he hasn't produced. He's got six points in 13 games this year. Can you give a guy five million dollars? No, no, they <laughs> can't this, give him five. At this, at this rate, he's not sniffing anywhere near five anywhere. But even if he so. plays good, they can't give him. No, $5 they million. they definitely can't. No. Yeah. It's either like he plays poorly, he comes back here at a low number, or he plays amazingly well and say bye. If to you didn't want to give Zach Hyman four or five, you shouldn't want to give Bunting five. It's the same principle. Like, well, yeah, he's the it, supporting for term, cast for term. Well, it'll be thing. term for yeah. sure. Like, so yeah, but the big thing, and I'm not saying he's not better than Zach Hyman. I think, mm-hmm. as I've talk, said before, his mix with Matthews and Marner when they're playing well was better than Hyman was. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it's the principle of the. But Zach Hyman on his own on a third line that year has shown to produce a little better, I would say. Than what Michael Bunting has shown on a third line, which has been quite interesting. Just thinking about it now, I really think that, excuse me, um, I really think that, I don't know if he will get term. I don't know. I think he might get like a three-year deal. I think that makes might make more sense. Possibly. I mean, it's only been just, two full years in the NHL. Exactly. Like, I feel like teams just Mason won't. Marchman only got four Yeah, four maybe years. he won't get term. Yeah. He was almost a point a game. But I still wouldn't want to give him $5 million for four years. A hundred percent. Well, yeah, no. hear me out. Mason what did, did, did Manjapani man, wow, man get? Uh, he got five, six, five, six five, for, eight. Three, for three. Yeah. After a so, 35-goal year. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So it shouldn't be near that. But 55 points only. You might look at Bunting, who had... 63 last year. Manjapane, four points in 11 games, minus seven. That is one team, by the way, not to get off topic. Last week, we were like, yeah, Calgary's fine. They were like six, four, and one or whatever. They've lost five games since then. It's unbelievable. They're on a crazy losing streak. Jonathan Huberto, struggling. Hasn't mixed in well. Markstrom, struggling. Very curious to see what happens there because that's... And uh, And on the same... Wavelength. Florida, they won last night. I think it was last night or tonight. But they were also struggling. But they got mm-hmm. they got off to Schneider with a win. But wow. just interesting. Yeah. Their power play has crumbled without uh, Huberto. And it's funny because Calgary has kind of gotten a little, seems like a little worse even with Huberto. So I wonder what's going on. It just, and Uyghur. It shows also I think a good point to make is like I, I think about like a Cali Yarncroft. Like you see some flashes. Maybe not a guy to give up on right away. Like no. new players and new systems, especially the way the Leafs do it, which is he's playing center. Now he's playing left wing. Now he's playing right wing. He was playing with Kerfoot. Now he's playing with Engvall. It's not a great, I, I don't think that's a great spot to mm-hmm. start your season strong. And he still has three goals. So yeah. let's see what happens in that situation. All I'm saying is some of these guys take some time. But the big thing for Calgary is their goaltending. Yeah. Has not been good. It's not, uh, he really needs to step it up. He's, he's a former Vezna nominee. He really needs to step that up, but I think they'll rebound. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too worried about them. I mean, you get you just got to stick to stick to your gut and stick to is the player actually good? And I mean, I think many of the players on Calgary have proven oh, yeah. to do so. But yeah, Nazem Kadri also a little hot. Lighten it up. Lighten it up. Still lighten it up. Hmm. Maybe he wasn't one year wonder, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, in terms of Back to the most important team on planet Earth, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, like, do we still have, I don't know, what do you think 
the lines are next game? Do you think they stay the same? Probably. Yeah. No idea. I, yeah, I, I think you had a take about uh, the D. I know we're talking forwards, but I think that might be where the biggest change. Okay. Oh, yeah. That Rasmus and it's probably going to get scratched for Jordy Ben. If Jordy mm. Ben is healthy, obviously. Um, he, I, he, I he, believe he was taken off IR. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. So, I, I feel like that's just going to happen just because of the uh, the big event negative play that happened where Sandin fumbled the puck on the blue line, caused the, goal, caused the puck to go the other way, and they scored. It's tough to see for him considering you played him on his offside. So, those plays, I think, it's not an excuse, but those are going to happen. Those are, It's like a learning curve, especially yeah. for someone who's new to the right side, right? So, um, I don't like... The idea of it, but I think based on what we've seen from this team, based on what we've seen from Sheldon Keith, um, those big event negative plays tend to get you out of the lineup. Yeah. Um, but I also just don't think he played very well the rest. That of the as game. well. That as well. I'm, I'm not going to say that he had a great game Looked either. A little hesitant. Yeah. And decision making uh, wasn't great. Maybe that was st- part of why he didn't play well, is because that happened earlier in the game, and that's maybe led to his decision making. He's maybe feeling a little bit more nervous. Things like that just feeling uncertain of his position in the lineup if he doesn't play um, safe, if he causes these big event negatives. So he's going to be more risk adverse. And when you're a player that plays the way that Sandin plays normally and his skill set and you play risk adverse, it does, it it makes you a worse player because that's what makes Sandin good is that he takes strong calculated risks that are, end up being uh, plus expected value over time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I feel bad because like, it was probably five games of the year I said, He's playing really well, or six games. Since then, he's been not good, like straight up. I don't know what it is, but yep. he's struggled. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't work on the right side. Maybe that's what it is. Mm. Like, we don't have a log jam on the left side anymore, right? Uh, well, TJ Brody's playing there now, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what's log jamming it. So we don't have a log jam on the left side, right? Well, but, I mean. Do you call that a log jam? No, I a guy who's a not naturally been a right handy his entire career. He's now you're bringing him over to the left side. It it just it doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, but yeah, his numbers aren't good, Sandine. Like the no, analytics so aren't good. The, his eye test hasn't been good. But again, he was not not he didn't get a full training camp. Not even close to a full training camp. Like kind of came in cold, left side to right side. I would like to see. Honestly, I thought Brody Hall were playing well until this game but like it doesn't really matter who plays with Brody he's he's the best defenseman on the team so yeah he elevates everyone's game so I I, I just don't understand why they're so adverse of putting Brody and Giordano together I don't I don't understand well I mean you need those two to lift up some other certain defensemen I mean so well you have Logan Riley together that seems to be working so far I, I suppose for for the for right now it is working which is Hopefully it continues to. Um, and then your other mix of defensemen you have left, therefore, is Brody, Justin Hall, Mark Giordano, and Rasmus Sandin. Right? So are you going to put Sandin Hole on the third pairing? That actually could work. Wow. I, I thought, hey, there's no way you could do it, and I just figured it out. Ah, so that's that. th- that's kind of what I was Hinting at because like the Sandin Hall pairing last year actually looked good on the third pairing. Yes, on the third did. pairing on against the second pairing this year it did not. Yes, but if you're if you're gonna put them together in my head it should be in the third pairing against weaker competition because Sandin has proven that he can excel against that weaker competition. So let's do that. Like let's let him do that. You know, like let's not let's do that hockey. 
Yeah, let's not force him to play his right side. Like, that's honestly all I'm trying to get at. Like if you're gonna you're, you're playing against those guys anyways, you just but if he's not gonna play the right side, where is he gonna play even next year? That's I'm, the problem, right? Well, is let's Jake let, Muzzin gonna play hockey next year. Like, but even if Jake Muzzin doesn't play, that's not gonna be your decor. You're not gonna go into the playoffs with that decor with four offensive defensemen and Brody and Geo. Like, right? Uh, yes. So then, because now if you don't have a log jam on the left side anymore, you could just trade for any left, any top four D, left, right. Yeah, can play both, can play neither. Yeah. Whatever. So then, so I, I don't see what the issue is here. I'm saying I think Sandine's long term longevity on the team, he might have to be able to play both sides. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or he just looks really good on the left side and cements his spot. Yeah, that's true. Which is like what he was trending towards last year before he got hurt, right? Yeah, he I, was. But I, I think it was more of the same issue last year too. It was. Put him up in the line. Oh no, sorry. He played that that game. He played with Riley. He was on the right side. You're right. My yeah. Bad. My yeah. Bad. I, now that I think about it, most of his uncomfortable games are probably on the right side. Um, mm. but that's why I think right now Lilligren has an ag- edge up on him for sure in the lineup, just out of just comfortability right playing hand. on the right yeah, side. Of course, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And yeah, he's gonna look good doing it. I'm not saying he's not good, but he's he's obviously been good and he's looked good, but. When you play with Riley, you also get to play with Austin Matthews more, Mitch Marner more, and you'll get points. That's why he scored two goals tonight. That's why Riley has 10 points. Holy. He has 10 points. He has 10 points. Wow. Get it to the playmakers, and they will make plays, I suppose. Um, All right. Uh, What did we have next on the docket here? Just around the league. I think we covered everything. I don't know. Did we miss? Yeah, I think so. Not bad. All right. Um, For around the league... What did you, Josh? You had something from around the, the Devils league. are legit. The Devils are legit. Who, which one of us picked them to make the playoffs? You did, Jason. I, I switched Ottawa out for them at the last second, didn't I? Something like that, yeah. You had Ottawa in, and then I took them out for I think it was for New Jersey. I can't remember. That's uh, I can pull, I can pull up the list. Right it now. might have been for the Islanders, though, which would be not also not bad because they're playing well. The Islanders are playing well. I definitely I had remember. Pittsburgh out, and I definitely had Washington Same. out, or maybe I put Pittsburgh back in. So New, I can't remember, but. Needless Jason to say, New board. Jersey, very underrated pickup, John Marino, and it rounds out their decor, and their decor looks is the backbone of their of their team. And mm-hmm. ironically enough, a team we just talked about, Pittsburgh, traded him away, and they have really struggled. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of split up their D very evenly. The only guy who plays significantly less is Brendan Smith, who's like a, just a third-pairing defenseman at this yeah. point. But Hamilton's playing with Siegenthaler. Marino's playing with Graves. And then Severson's playing with mostly Smith, but also rotates with some other guys. Those top five all hover between like 18 and 21 minutes. Mm. Kind of like what the Leafs wanted with their decor, right? Yeah. But their guys have been healthy, luckily, luckily for them. And it's been a, a very strong performance start the year. Their fancy stats are fantastic. They're getting goal production from a lot of guys. Miles Wood has five goals, which I don't think any of us expected coming off his injury. No, Hughes looks great. History looks great. Bratt looks unreal. They're legit. Like that's yeah. a legitimate. One thing good about team. Jesper Bratt. Um, so I tracked the futures on the Hart Trophy. So the uh, the betting odds on the Hart Trophy from October seventeenth, and then I tracked. I marked it all down on November fifth, which was this past beginning of the day Saturday. Jesper Bratt was the biggest increase in odds to win the Hart Trophy. He went from plus 30,000 to plus 5,000. Wow, that's legit. That's 
So it makes a sense. Huge swing. He's playing really, really well. Yeah. Second was Tage Thompson. He's also the, playing. He's well. playing very well. Little bit, they they lost today against the Coyotes, which uh, someone someone's a little happy about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a fun one. Uh, just just to quickly recap, though, all three of us picked them to make the playoffs. Oh, good. Oh, can can we, we do go. our quick playoffs? Can you read them off quickly and just see? Uh, so everyone has the Atlantic the exact same. Not going to read it off. To Toronto, Tampa, Boston. I read it off. Uh, and then it's a mix of. Carolina, New Jersey, uh, New York, Rangers, and then uh, I didn't pick the Islanders. You guys both picked the Islanders. Best goal in the league. Um, Pitts, and then I picked the Pittsburgh Penguins and Washington Capitals. The only guy to do that, so not good. You got to see that dip coming. You got to see it coming. I, I don't think so, I think Pittsburgh's Sorokin still good. I don't know about Capitals, but I think Pittsburgh's still good. I think they're just going to probably come back. Said that? Um, who could have possibly So who were Joe and my other teams if it wasn't Pittsburgh and uh, Islanders and Panthers? Panthers, right. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have the Panthers in the playoffs. Nope. Wow. That one's also not working out too well. I just didn't. Well, actually, never mind. We'll They're see. That one. That one's like a we'll see. But my, my idea behind it was that I don't know how well the meshing of Paul Maurice will work mm. with that team. Okay. Yeah. Fair. And the goaltender. Um, so yeah. Ilya Sorokin still plus 1,000. Went from plus twelve hundred to plus one thousand for the Vesna odds. He is hmm. currently one, two, three, fourth behind Shesterkin. Wow. You have to send me that sheet, actually. Shesterkin, Ottinger, Vasilevsky, and Sorokin. I think that is something that should be looked into further because that seems like maybe the last second to get him at that number. We will have to because he's at. It might have changed because he had like a forty-five save performance against the the Flames last night. Yeah, we got to check that out. <laughs> Plus a thousand seems like a good shot in the dark there. Yeah, on DraftKings that is too. <laughs> the one right below Sorokin, Jacob Markstrom, <laughs> and then below him is Connor Hellebuck, which makes no sense because he's the only reason Winnipeg is somewhat okay this year. Or actually, good. They've he's played quite well. Very well. He's been incredible this year. That's another great value. Holy. So my th- back to Pittsburgh. My only issue is their decor is not. Petrie has not bounced back. Latang looks a little older. Dumoulin looks a little. It's the old decor, mm-hmm. right? Their best young defenseman or younger, they traded away. Who, uh, Still fifth, fifth in the NHL and expected goal shares, though. That's what's important. That's fair. I mean, yeah. But we'll then Florida is also third. So, <laughs> what about expected goals against? Uh, they are. Twenty third in the league and expected goals against. So sorry, uh, other way around. Twenty third, like, highest. Like they have the great right tenth now. least, so they have twenty four. The least is Carolina with nineteen. Goaltending, the movement, whatever. We'll get a good look at them. Fry this next week. We're playing them. The Leafs are playing them twice. Uh, but yeah, this coming. I mean, don't sleep on the Penguins. They always, they still have Crosby, Malkin. Uh, Latang is still a pretty good Gensel, offensive defenseman. Rust. Gensel Rust, I sh- don't know how I didn't; those didn't come to my mind. Gensel Rust is a fantastic finishing talent right there. Yeah. And then the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, I know they're a mess. I know their defense is a mess. I know they're giving up shots from every which way. There lots of movement going on. Like people say, oh, the uh, Demko is struggling. He came off of surgery in the off season. Yeah, sure. I mean. But by all accounts that I've heard, Demko's still moving terrifically. It's just 
in front of them is complete chaos. But So that's on the defensive end. But their forwards, you still got some very good shooting talent. Brock Besser can rip the puck. And we saw him do that last year, uh, several times on the Leafs over the past couple of years. Uh, Elias Pedersen, again, can rip the puck. Bo Horvat, I think, has 12 goals. He does have 12 goals. What's that rank behind McDavid, obviously? I believe he's second. Yeah. He is. Let's look that up. Rocket odds. And third is Eric Carlson. He's very low on the rocket list. I don't understand how right now. Who, Eric Carlson? No, uh... (laughs) Brock Besser, Brock or Besser. not Brock Besser, um, Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Yeah. Somehow I don't think they think he's going to shoot 27% the whole year. Yeah, Fair enough. Sense. Also, 18, can I just 18, say, say one more funny? I have a couple more, but a funny mm-hmm. around the league because he keeps scoring is Nick Ritchie's shooting percentage in 35 games with Arizona is 28%. Do you know what it was in thir- <laughs> Do you know what it was in 33 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs? What? 2%? Guess? 2 By the way, he is almost averaging the exact same amount of shots per game in Toronto that he did in in Arizona that he did in Toronto. Somehow he's shooting 28% in Arizona. I have no idea how that makes sense. That's going to be hilarious when he, yeah, six goals in 11 games. Oh my God. The two leading goal scorers for Arizona are Nick Ritchie and Lawson Krause. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, his game-winning goal against Washington on the weekend. Yeah, Washington on the weekend was like Clayton Keller did all the work and then just Nick Ritchie parked his big butt in front of the net and just tapped it, pushed it over Goal's the goal. Goal's a goal. <laughs> a goal's a goal. And he, you know what? He has six of them. One, uh, one other team that's playing really well, I think Jason and I had them in the playoffs, was the Seattle Kraken. Yes. I don't, I don't think I did. I think you might have put them in at the end too, but no, you didn't put them in. I didn't put them in. You didn't put them in. I don't think I did either. You did not put them in. Who did I put in instead? So we have the Central, all the same: Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas, uh, and then the Pacific. Yeah, Minnesota. I had St. I had St. Louis. That's even worse. Yeah, uh, I also had St. Louis. Um, In the Pacific, we had Edmonton. We all had the same thing: Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, and then our wild cards were, were what. Uh, differed. I had St. Louis, Seattle. Joe, you had uh, Nashville, Vancouver. Josh, Nashville, St. Louis. Not good. <laughs> well, I had Vancouver. <laughs> also not good. <laughs> Holy. Still early, though. Picks. Still early, though. Yeah, hopefully. And my reasoning was Bruce there it is. He's not even going to be there. <laughs> Bruce there it isn't. There, Bruce there it isn't. It's clearly. crazy, by the way, that Ottawa's a bottom five team in the NHL right now. After all of everything they did and all the signings, like, do you want to know where they rank in expected goal share? According to sure. Natty's Daddy? Yeah. Where? Guess. Fifth last. Eighth. In the league in expected goal share. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they put 50 pucks on net tonight, and yep. then they just didn't they do in the zone very well. To be fair, they do have the XG King in math. In, sorry, Brady yeah, to Chuck. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> His there was I think it was his first year. His the J Fresh chart was hilarious. He had a hundred expected goals for like a hundred percent percentile, and then zero percent finishing percentile. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's a zero percent defense. <laughs> yeah, he's got a yeah, yeah. That's a it's an interesting situation there in front of Ryan yeah. Reynolds too. They uh, I really hope they cleaned up their act. There's some sometimes it's uh it's a nightmare that Canadian Tire Center or whatever it's called. I don't I can't even remember. But who cares. Uh, how how do you think Ryan Reynolds got to that game? 
I have like, no idea. Bus? Did he did he <laughs> stay in did he stay in downtown Ottawa though, or did oh, yeah. he just fly? Oh yeah. So like he got the experience of like she <laughs> Parliament Hill. <laughs> but, no. So for I guess this isn't common knowledge. The Canadian Tire Center A is in Canada. It's in a suburb in Canada, Ontario, which is like half an hour at least out of downtown Ottawa. The parking lot is atrocious. There is one exit. You cannot park in there. You have to, and, or, and you can't get a cab in there. You have to walk out of the parking lot and like walk up a hill in order to get a cab. It's, it's impossible. It's such a disaster. And then on top of that, the, the, just the arena itself sometimes run out of beer. The debit machines go down. The toilet floods. Like it's a, it can be a bit of a gong show. Sounds so I'm like really a- curious. To see what Ryan Reynolds experienced, like walk out of the arena. Oh yeah, you got to walk out of the parking lot. Like, sounds like a billion dollar investment. <laughs> sounds like a, yeah. Thank, luckily for him, they are blowing up that place and moving somewhere else. Yeah. So that's a that's the positive. He's probably like, thank God, my team doesn't have to play in this shithole. But yeah. Anyways, do you guys have any other around the leagues? Um, Boston, absolute shit show from this weekend, but I want to like throw some credit to their players for how they handled that situation. The Mitchell Miller situation yes. that is P- specifically Patrice Bergeron showing why yeah. he's a first ballot hall of fame NHL athlete. Yeah. yeah. And I, I talked to Nick I, Foligno said it. Yeah. Spoke out as well. Brad Marchand as well. And I, I talked yeah. to you about this a little, a little sidetrack from what you're talking about here, but I really think when people talk about this past, uh, generation of like stars that are going to be starting to retire and go into the hall of fame i'm talking the likes of crosby and ovechkin it shouldn't just be crosby ovechkin should be crosby ovechkin bergeron i think bergeron's earned his way into that conversation not skill wise like both those guys are massively more skilled than bergeron even though bergeron is a fantastic player just his character and his uh leadership leadership all those two-way ability all those things that like are incredibly valued in the game because all these guys are playing at the high level. They're all skilled. They're, they can all do all these little things incredibly well. He just does everything incredibly well. So it's, I think it's funny it's because a lot of people would have said, oh, yeah, I agree. It's not just Crosby and Ovechkin. It's Crosby, Ovechkin, and Jonathan Taves, which I think we've come to realize, not that Taves is not a really good player, but he was a lot of like an intangibles media creation kind of guy. Yes. Right? Like gold medal guy. Can't, but like Bergeron was the guy on that team. Really taking the he played with Crosby. He played more like big minutes, and he's he's won five Selkies. Like, how how is Taves the defensive stalwart of the generation with one Selkie, and Taves and Bergeron has five Selkie trophies? Like, he kind of ended up being what people thought Jonathan Taves would be. And I know Taves had had, has had some injury issues as well, but I was always of the belief that Kane was the best player on that team, Mm -hmm. and I've never doubted that. You know. Like Bergeron has been the most important player to the Boston Bruins the last 10 years. But Marshawn's yeah. been good. They've had Lucic. They've had Krejci. They've had a lot of guys come and go. Chara as well. But maybe you can argue Chara held a, yeah. a little more value at his peak. But the longevity of Bergeron, the accolades. And, and I also. He, he had to come back from major, a major backer neck injury early in his career. I mean. He he had seventy three points and then seventy points and then played ten games that next year. Yeah, and really had to grind his way back to becoming a very good player. Like that was a major major injury that he had to overcome early in his career. 
So that was that's something that people, f- you, you kind of forget. And then on top of that, like after, like as he got older into his 30s, he still maintained almost a point a game, if not a point a game. It was just such a threat in the playoffs. I mean, this Bruins team won a Stanley Cup. Actually, let's look at the playoff numbers. Actually, I, I also he's it, been a Selkie nominee eleven years in a row. <laughs> Crazy, deservingly so too. It's not just like a guy that you just kind of throw on there, but they've made the Stanley Cup final and gone to six games and then seven games. They they consistently go past the first round. It seems like, other than last year, but like, and there's a reason why. Yeah. Patrice. Also, like, I, none of us are plus minus guys because it's like the most inconsistent, yeah. lucky stat. But when you're plus 263 for your career, like it's not like a... It's not a fluke. Playing against the best player on the other team every night. It's not <laughs> a fluke. And also like the fact that you won the Selkie this past year. And like I, I, what I'd argue to be the most scrutinized award and combed over award by the media in the sense that like we... Uh, with the introduction of analytics into hockey coverage over the past couple of years, there's been a major focus on properly quantifying defensive stats and Patrice Bergeron to m- the majority of models, put literally one of the best defensive seasons ever those models have ever seen. And it's like, just like a perfect story for him. But yeah. The ripe old age of 36. Crazy. Too. So yeah. Shout out to the Bruins leadership group. That's uh, it was the player leadership, the player group. leadership. Yes, the Bruins player leadership group. That was very admirable, them st- standing up for, you know, what they believe is right, right? But anyways, anything else you guys had on the docket? Yep. No. We'll be back again, dropping the episode Wednesday, early Wednesday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.